Good evening, Patriots. And that's a nice, easy intro into tonight. Today's Tuesday, December 6th. And it's already the 7th on the East Coast. Year is 2022. Before we get going tonight, you need to worry about your wealth and preserving that, making sure that it's moved out of that fiat currency nonsense that they're doing and getting it into something solid so that you're not going to get blindsided by this criminal cabal that's trying to destroy everybody's hard-earned savings. Patriots, will the lack of red wave during the midterms lead to a more emboldened Biden, more wasteful government spending, higher taxes, a deepening of inflation? And how do you protect your hard-earned savings from chaotic financial markets? The answer? By diversifying your retirement savings with real physical precious metals with Birch Gold Group. Text BARDS to 989898 for a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax-sheltered account. Birch Gold has almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs. Text BARDS to 989898 and claim your free no-obligation info kit now. Don't let the left devalue your savings. Own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account from Birch Gold. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of satisfied customers. Text BARDS to 989898 and secure your future with gold. Do it today. There you go, Birch Gold. Text BARDS to 989898 and you will not be disappointed. They're a great company. I'm going to read something to you just because it made me laugh so much before the show. And this is uh, Ghost Ezra from Telegram. <laughs> he wrote, he's got snark, and I like snark, as you probably know. He says, can't figure out what's worse, the state of our country or the mental state of those who make up the country. People are stick a fork in it, gone, burnt toast, extra crispy bacon, scrambled eggs, soggy French toast, crusty grits. I swear it's some type of spell. Anyone have any ideas? <laughs> I think it is a spell. I think it's totally a spell. I'm telling you. You know, I, this morning I woke up to a pretty powerful dream, which I want to share because it kind of ties in with something else that just happened that I'm going to share a little bit about. And uh, it was pretty powerful. I've been really working with this idea of, obviously you've heard me talk a lot about this, a forgiving heart and a loving heart. And it's a pretty much a foundational place that we have to go to. And in the concept of doing any sort of deliverance work, you really have to have a forgiving heart and a loving heart. Because otherwise you're opening yourself up to some demonic countermeasures that are not always very healthy. Because they try to look, tries to seek out that vengeful heart to try to ravage you. And remembering that you know, in the principle of kingdom justice, it's restoration, trying to restore God's children back to the kingdom. So this dream, as I woke up, it was just a very, it was very visual, but essentially the message was that as we, if we aren't going to be able to have a forgiving heart and a loving heart, it's as if we're trying to evict God out of our heart, which is, I, I won't say that that's the exact words given, but it was pretty close to that. And it was a very powerful visual 
it really settled in on me pretty heavily today as I was driving back. And I think it has a lot of importance here because I think if we're going to be conflicted in such a way, we're always angry or carrying pain and not letting the power of the Holy Spirit in, we're literally evicting the Holy Spirit. We're evicting the power of God into our lives. And that's not going to work well either way. And that's literally that, you know, that saying that God is on the door knocking, waiting to be invited in to sit and dine with us. And I'm paraphrasing, but God isn't pushing in mandatorily. That's Satan's way. God's waiting for us to invite him in. And we need to invite him in. And that begins with us literally in a foundation piece, getting our heart to a forgiving heart and a loving heart. I'm going to keep names anonymous here a little bit, but I'm just going to tell you I had an amazing talk with somebody just a little bit ago. And this is a person who's massively gifted. And um, struggling with some things around his gift. And, you know, Jesus is so amazing when we start to pray and let him in the sort of things that Jesus can do. I don't think there's anything more rewarding that I've learned in my life than to be able to pray with somebody and have them literally feel the power and effects of that prayer almost by the end of the prayer. And that's truly the Holy Spirit working. Because, you know, God wants us to be truly happy. He wants us to be living in that place of love and joy and maximizing our gifts and talents. But the kind of catch on that little statement is that we're literally living behind enemy lines in surrounded by the most demonic dirt bags we could possibly imagine. And they're all trying to take a nip at us every time we turn. And they're all basically parasites, every one of them. They're all trying to suck us down in one way or another and trying to get us to be angry and trying to provoke us to hate. And in that walk, as we walk in kingdom, the hardest thing to do as we walk in kingdom authority is to understand that the foundation of the throne is forgiving heart and loving heart. And that's the one thing that that the demonic hates the most. So in this conversation we had, it was just really beautiful in such a way as just to literally let Jesus in and let him start working what he does so well, which is to heal. And I know this person is going to be released from some of those heavy things that are laying on their heart. And I know it's already started. And I know that what's going to come out of this is going to be some amazing creations. And hopefully, we in Bars Nation will get to share in some of that glory. And that's going to be the Father literally working through him to do things that it's been a long time coming for him to do. It's hard when we go through 
traumatic moments in our lives. It's when we go through these moments, uh, they, they really can grab hold of us hard and hold us down. And the moments like that is when we need our loving Jesus the most. We get knocked down sometimes so hard that the only way out is sometimes the darkest way and it's the wrong way. You know, when I got thrown in jail in August of 2017, it didn't hit me until that door shut and it locked. And when it did, it seemed like everything that I was was now gone. And in effect, it was. God stripped that intentionally because he needed to rebuild me. But I didn't know that quite yet. I was going to learn that pretty fast. And even then, it wasn't an easy walk back. But that first night, I was convinced that there was no way of ever recovering. There were um, the sheets that we were issued were had kind of a rough finish to them. And I quickly assessed that if you made a knot or even a half knot, it would stick and it wouldn't release unless you physically removed it. So I was timing the guards. And um, as they check in on you like every 45 minutes. And I was in such a dark place that I started to go through the process of choking myself out, it would have been a suicide. And there was a flash in my head, so brilliant in light, I can still see it to this day. And it was very simple. No, you will not. That was the message. And I listened. And it's funny because the next few days, as I then confronted where I was at, reading scripture, I felt so guilty. Not because I tried to do it, but because I had given in to something that I didn't understand yet. Because I was so, felt so broken being in this place that I never imagined I would be in. But I only had one person to really turn to. And that was Jesus. And that was the biggest gift ever, was to realize at that point that I wasn't alone. It was a dark demon that was trying to lead me into the darkest of places and to ultimately send me to the lake of fire. That I had been given a blessing of intervention to keep me from going off that edge of stupidity and I was pulled back and what lied ahead I could never have imagined the journey that's been there since August 2017 has been the most amazing the most challenging sometimes the most painful and most of the times the most glorious 
that I could have ever conceived in my life. And I am totally blessed and I praise God every day for the wonders of this walk that I'm now on. But he had to get my attention and it was only at that moment of losing everything that I began to appreciate what all he had given. One of the things that I really enjoy when I go down to Glad Tidings Church, and I'm going to be going down pretty regularly going forward here, probably once every month or once every month and a half. It's just a pretty short five hours drive for me. But one of the things I love so much about Glad Tidings Church is it's made up of people that were so broken that they thought they could never find a way back, and they all have. There's a guy down there that is married to Pastor Dave's niece. And um, I think this is, I was laughing this weekend because it was kind of God's sense of humor. And so he's had quite a sordid background. At one point he was part of the cartel in a pretty high-level position did some pretty hard time in in prison. So I came up to him, and he, I mean, let me tell you, you talk about someone who loves Jesus. He loves Jesus. He has found Jesus, and he lives in Jesus, and it's wonderful. So I came up to see, I saw him at the front of the, of the church, and it was during praise and worship, and I came up to him, and he was with his wife, and I was kind of waiting to say hello, and he spins around, he goes, just didn't recognize me right away. And he said, I thought someone was staring at me. And as he looked, he saw me. And he comes up and gives me the greatest hug. And we're laughing and we're praising Jesus. And I just sat there and snickered. I said, well, Lord, I said, never in my life would I thought that I would be sitting here hugging a man that used to be part, a senior part of the cartel. But only you, Lord, can do such amazing things. And that's how God works. And that's literally one of the things that I enjoy so much about Glad Tidings is those stories are all over. So a little bit, it was a second day, Sunday. There's a guy there that I had met at men's camp, great guy, had done some, again, done some hard time. Um, but during his hard time, he became the ministry. They'd moved him to like three different prisons, and he had become the, the preacher or pastor at every, every, every location. And he was doing deliverance and he was bringing people to Jesus and he was doing this in prison and he has just an awesome story. And he told this story at men's camp and it was just moving, just so motivating on the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, after men's camp, he stumbled a bit. Stuff happens, and um, ended up having a night that kind of took him back to his old ways. And as a result, he's got to start over again in the uh, drug rehab program from zero. That's the way it works, six months. And he has a, a wife and a son, and a beautiful young boy. Matter of fact, this young boy had never shot before, and we were out at the 
at men's camp, they set up a firing range. And this is where one of the guys, his name is Chuck. He's a former force recon from Vietnam, set up the firing range. I love Chuck. He's awesome. And this young man outshot everybody, me and Chuck, both. He outshot us. It was great to see. It was his first time ever shooting. You talk about like God giving him a gift. It was awesome. And he's just a great young man. And his father was, again, the same guy. He was just so proud of him. So I see this guy, and I said, hey, how are you doing? He tells me, he says, well, I'm doing all right. So I kind of stumbled, and I said, yeah, I know. I said, so are you, are you telling your story? And he says, Scott, I can't. I said, why? He says, I just feel so guilty. And this is a grown man. And I and this is what I this is what I consider a definition of a real man. Because he sat there and just started welling up with tears, and tears were streaming down his face. He says, "Scott, I I can't. I just feel so guilty." I said, "Brother, that's the devil talking right there. Every one of us falls because that's what we do really well." Humankind is amazing. Every one of us, if we have an opportunity to smash our face into the wall, we'll do it. And we do it well. And that's part of us walking with the Lord. I said, you just got to let that go. I said, because your story is what's important. And that's what the devil doesn't want you to share. He doesn't want you to share that amazing story that inspires people to find Christ. So I said, let's, let's pray. On this, it's, and as I said that, there's another guy there. Now, keep in mind that there's there's a whole bunch of people there that are they come out of prison and they come to glad tidings, and Pastor Dave just opens the door wide to them, and they come and they go through deliverance and they go through a a transition housing and if they've had drug problems they go through rehab, and they they get themselves right. They live on the church campus. They do a lot of the work around there. They then go through a second phase of this, which is, it's like a year commitment. And they start working in the community to get their feet under them, start getting a job that can sustain themselves. And it's just the most amazing work you've ever seen. I mean, these are guys that come out lost and leave that are chasing so hard after Jesus that you have a hard time keeping up. It is beautiful to witness. And that's, like I said, one of the things I love about this church and the work that they do there because they it is truly what Christ spoke of. And it's truly seeing that power of what absolute love in Jesus can do. So we went to pray. And this other guy comes up to join us. And so I started the prayer and he just took over. And I just kind of smiled. I'm like, okay, obviously there's something to be said here. So I just sat quiet and he just took over the prayer and he started running with it about praying for no guilt. <laughs> he says, and this is the part I'm just like, okay. He says, Lord, oh Lord. He says, if if you can forgive me for burning my house down after my father raped me and when I was a three, four-year-old boy, you can forgive and like, like take the guilt off of anybody. And I almost started laughing, not because the story is so dark, but because it's like, well, Lord, only here, when I get something like that in prayer with such unbelievable and beautiful honesty and such inspiration to know that Jesus had healed him and brought him there. But you see, it's just a glimpse, too, at just what life is like for so many. 
there's some very, very serious and damaged people out here, people that are living some really rough, rough, rough lives. And I think that we need to really keep that in mind as we all walk, and we all have our baggage. But I guarantee you that no matter what we carry, whatever we've gone through, someone else has gone through it 10 times worse. And we don't go through a list and say, this is what I like and what I would prefer to deal with in my life. God provides it for us, or even more, the devil likes to dole it out because the devil loves to dole it out if he can dole us to our relationship in God. But the one thing God knows, and he tells us this, is we can literally endure any of this as long as we lean into him, trust in him, and ask him to help take the burden off. There's nothing that the enemy wants to do more than to dull your light and love in Jesus. Nothing more. Nothing the enemy wants to do more than to separate us from the love in him. Love in Father God, that is. And that fight is real. I don't think we give it enough emphasis in our churches. I think that our churches are very much focused too often just on the doctrinal God. We're not embracing the living, breathing God, the supernatural God enough. Because that God is mighty. And that God is loving and forgiving. And that God wants his children home. And that God has a true sense of love and forgiveness and also a true sense of justice. But so much of the justice from kingdoms beside is restoration. And that's a part that we struggle with quite a bit. Because we want, as I've said many times in the last few weeks, we too often seek vengeance in our definition of justice. I think the one thing that I get out of every time I go to Glad Tidings is the reminder that if we're going to seek to bring Jesus to people, those that have been through some of the most, some of the hardest moments, once they understand what's being offered, they will run after Jesus harder than anybody else. And it's rather ironic when you think about it because so many people have the opportunity to accept Christ in their life and embrace that as a living, passionate, loving relationship and their lives are fairly stable. And yet I think it's harder for them sometimes to find it because they haven't been faced with total loss. I know from my own experience that I was that way for years. Just kind of took life for granted and didn't take God that seriously until I was put to that, put to that edge and given the choice. And I'm blessed in that sense that God did give me the choice. He was there. And of all the places to be blessed, I didn't expect to be blessed inside the walls of a jail, but I was. And there I discovered, like I've shared before, is there was more Jesus in there than there was on the outside. And it was real. And it was alive. And it was passionate. 
we are we are blessed to have such a living God in our lives. And we are blessed to be given so much in our gifting from what he gives us in our gifts and talents. Our mission isn't really that hard that we make it very difficult in principle. One of the things that we struggle with, again, is just letting him in. And I don't know that we completely, even when we do, I don't know that we really trust as often as we should or as much as we should. I'm kind of speaking for myself over the past of my life. Now I've just turned myself over to God. And what I find, though, as I go through this process, for me, I mean, I'm, I've been doing some deep work trying to get deeper into my past and my walk. And I'm letting him shape me and transform me. And it's an interesting process to let go like this because I bump into the reactions of what I want to do. And there is a reactive place that's pretty well trained and conditioned, especially with three and a half years in Afghanistan, that wants to do it a certain way. And I guarantee that certain way is not giving somebody a hug. And yet that's exactly so often where we need to go. I put a piece up today in the family room, in Telegram, the Bards FM Telegram room. And I put a a language warning on it because there was some F-bombs in it. But I wanted, I hope people took a time, took some time to listen to it, and this is why. God showed up at the end of this piece in a really powerful way, in between the beginning and a bunch of F-bombs and to get to the prayer. But this is what was what we witnessed in that piece. A guy pulled up alongside of the road, and he stepped out of his car, and he's filming this, and he's like, hey, man, don't do this. Don't do this. And the dialogue continues on, and what has happened is he's come up to a man who's wrapped string around his neck, and he's about ready to hang himself on the tree. And he's got it all wrapped around his neck, and he's, on his tippy toes about ready to let go and just let himself hang and choke out to death. He's homeless. And in this whole discussion, he gets to the point and the guy's, he's just like, don't do this. And the phone rings of the guy that's about ready to hang himself. And this is real. This is not made up. And he says, don't do this. And the phone rings and he says, see, he says, someone loves you enough to call you right now. And like I said, in the discussion, there's some F-bombs and stuff. And I'm like, and I think that the reason I gave the warning and I even put the note that stay with it, God shows up at the end, is because I think what people tend to do is they hear that coarse language and then immediately they shut off. They're like, oh, there's no Jesus here. This guy's not of Jesus. And yet this guy who's talking to this homeless guy, who the one is talking, the guy that's talking is trying to convince him not to do it. And he's using some F-bombs along the way. He finally gets to the place. He goes, dude, like, come here. Let me just give you an effing hug. And the guy gives him a hug and he starts crying. And he says, get this effing stuff off your neck. And he's taking it off, taking it off. And then he, that's when God shows up. 
He says, let me just pray for you. Doesn't ask him. He says, let me just pray for you. And he prays for him and really nice prayer. And there you have this healing going on right there in an amazing way. It's a great statement of just stepping in and paying attention to what's around us to step in and bring the one thing every one of us can deliver. He's not bringing money. Maybe he did, I don't know, but it's not not what that was about. He is not bringing money. He's bringing something greater. He's bringing the love of Father God into that space. He's, He's praying for him to give him some relief. We can't fix a lot of the problems that we encounter the way we might think to fix them. And I think that most people, when they get into situations where other people are in need, I think we want to intervene and fix it because I think we're good. I don't, I don't, I think for the most part, I'm not talking about the society of lizard heads that are running this world. I'm talking about just good people. And whether a person is standing and living with the Holy Ghost or as someone is walking as, as agnostic or atheist. I think we find in those moments of extreme that when they step in, something else takes over and we become people of good heart. Now, I'm not going to say everybody, obviously, but I think we see of good heart in a lot more than a lot less in those moments. And we put aside difference and we put aside race and we put aside hate and we do all this stuff. And we really step in with a good heart. And the challenge is, is what do we do? And I think a lot of people want to try to fix it. Much of these issues that we're dealing with cannot be fixed by our hand. They can be fixed by the power of the Holy Spirit. They can be healed by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when we step in and we're trying to figure out what to do, if we have the courage to step in, and that's the other thing about that video that I was so, that I was so happy to share today, is that there was courage there. The guy that gets out of his car has courage to walk up to a dude that's about ready to put himself hanging off of a branch on the side of the, it's, it's on a sidewalk in a street in the city. He's about ready to turn himself into a piece of hanging meat. And, you know, the thing is that most, he could have easily done it and he would have hung there and he would have died alone and probably painfully because he probably wouldn't have done it right. Or worse, he wouldn't have died and he would have suffered a slow and steady brain degradation to literally be mentally damaged after that because of lack of oxygen and then left to live a a horrible life on the street. And no one would have really cared for the most part because too many people would just walk by. This guy had the courage to stop his car, get out, walk up and go, what are you doing, brother? And that in itself is an act of courage, of 
act of courage that's really anchored in faith. Whether he realized it at the time or not, to me, when I see that, that's like the Holy Spirit guiding us. And it is so important that we recognize that and start looking. I just say keep our head on the swivel for those opportunities because those are going to emerge. There's going to be many more of them that come. There's a lot of stresses right now. And this is what the guy said. The guy said is the guy sitting there on the tree edge with this string. It looked like it, it, it looked from what you can tell like fishing line that he'd wrapped around his neck. He said, I'm so tired. I'm just so tired. And the best words the guy could have said is, it is, we're all tired, brother. This world sucks. And we're all tired. But we can't give up. And he's right. Right now, so much around us is designed to make us feel exhausted to make us feel that this world is miserable, make us feel that there's no hope, because this world is about sucking the marrow of joy out of us, literally draining us of anything that God wants us to to celebrate. This world wants to suck it out of you like a vampire. And the more that they can get you feeling down, I believe truly that whatever they're doing in their incantations and their child's sacrifice is giving them the ability to suck our energy down because we're allowing ourselves to believe in their lies and their narratives surrounded by the end of everything narrative. It's one of the reasons I've told you I cannot stand revelationists the ones that all are talking about the end of the world and when it's going to come and all the last chapter stuff. And I'm like, stop, live, quit waiting for the end. God will bring the end when it's ready. Christ will return when God's timing is there. No one will know the time or the moment. So live and embrace each day powerfully with what Christ gives us, with that love of life, with the love for one another, to love our neighbor, to love the gifts and talents that we're blessed with. And if you're one who's still seeking the gifts and talents, then run after them. Try things. Embrace what's before us. Don't let any of this try to convince you in your head, these demons trying to get into your head to tell you that you're not worthy or that you it's a miserable world that we can't survive, that we'll never win this fight. That's all whispers of the dark side. That's like right out of Lord of the Rings and Sauron and the, all these necromancer-type whisperers again in people's head. Cast them out, man. Because this is a, a life that we have right now and an opportunity that we have right now that's absolutely profound. And we can change the entire game instantly. And I don't mean this lightly. If we have a world that would stop wallowing in, in the quagmire of manure and start walking in the glory of the light of heaven and do so now and in the presence, no matter what your circumstance is, and start realizing that that's right out of Habakkuk, at the very end of Habakkuk, when he faces at the beginning of the story of Habakkuk, when he's talking to God and God's, he's like, God, what are we going to do? And, and God says, well, yeah, um, by the way, I'm sending in the Babylonians to sack all of Israel. And 
I laugh because of the way this whole dialogue goes because Habakkuk's like, uh, excuse me, I thought you were a loving God. What the heck is this? What are you doing going to thrash us with a bunch of Babylonians and enslave us and ruin our lives? I mean, I thought you were here to love us. And God's basically saying, look, in some, what he says is, you all wandered away from me. You're not listening. And here's the deal. I love you, but I got to bring you home. And the only way you're going to get there is when you pretty much lose everything. And it's going to rough and be rough for a while. And it's going to suck too, by the way. Guarantee it. But what you're going to remember and learn again is that I'm always with you. And Habakkuk ends that great dialogue by saying basically that, that even though the fruit may not bear on the trees and there may not be any animals in the stalls, what I know is that I have my love for Father God eternally. My words and paraphrasing the whole thing. That's just it right there. And if we will embrace that for all that is there and literally walk in the glory of of the Holy Spirit and realize the gifts and talents that we're given. And if, like I said, if you don't, you're still searching, then run harder into them. It's try everything. See what resonates. Pretty soon you're going to stumble on something and go, whoa, like I love this. And like, okay, there you go. And there's a starting point. If you have gifts and talents and you're having a hard time accessing them, then realize that's probably the devil doing his work over time in whatever form he's taking, whatever demon he's put upon you to try to make you believe that you're not worthy or it's too horrible or it's too painful. Uh Uh-uh. Don't even let that in. Because God gave you a, a place here, a time to be here. And that's what's so amazing. And so when you see a, a video, like I mentioned earlier, someone who's literally trying to take their own life by choice, yeah, things are dark right now for him. I get it. But it's in those moments of darkness that we seek him. The, if we will seek him, we will find his greatest glory. I played this song, Gravity. And it's, to me, it's just a, 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 it's Christine DeMarco, if you don't know that. And um, Gravity has a backstory to it, too, if you ever look this up, because it's worth, it's really worth listening to the backstory. In fact, I think what I'll do right now is I'll play the backstory. This is about two minutes. Um, this is Christine DeMarco and Kaylee. And I, I just want you to hear this backstory because it's all about the of where God is and what we do to him in terms of idolatries. It's really very amazing. I had something rolling around in my head about... Um, making God smaller than than He is, especially in the areas of our pain. And I had this line, like this, it's like innocent idolatry. It's like, I didn't know God, like I thought, <laughs> I thought you were like me. I thought I made you somehow this way, um, that you're unable to to feel what I feel. 
or you're somehow unable to sit with me in it. Or you just expect me to get up, get out of here, and stop sitting and stop, stop feeling. This is how we fleshed out the, mm -hmm. um, the actual idea of positivity being, um, of becoming like this idol and missing the God who knows the gravity because we're so, we think that he's the God of good feelings, but he's also the God of the bad days. I don't even think it started by a song. Like I think we were talking, I think yeah. we were processing and like truly, I mean, Christine and I have been friends for like 10, 11 years, something like that. And just like, how sweet to have a relationship where you can like kind of approach a sensitive topic like this and the repentance of like, no, I really, I, I really saw the Lord like that. I really operated like that. And then for life to happen alongside people. So you understood, we understood each other and kind of processing, this isn't just an, a concept for a song. This is something really walking out. And I think like feeling the fruit of friendship in that way is really profound. Like me going through pain, loss, grief, everything that that comes along with. And knowing I don't have a friend in Christine who's gonna like throw nice sayings on top of it, who's uncomfortable with my pain. I have a friend who is sitting with me in it. And um, having that demonstration of like, that is who Jesus is and that's who I'm finding in my friend made it like such a natural thing to write a song like this because you've demonstrated learning to do that with me. I think it's that thing of, I don't want to make an idol of the good days when you are so present in the hard ones. Isn't that true? God is so present in the hard ones if we'll let him in. It's one of my favorite backstories to any song. It's one of my favorite songs, in fact. And it's truly, truly an amazing insight in what we tend to do because we do tend to personalize God too much at times. And we forget that in this perfect and great relationship that we have with him, that no matter where we are, he's there and he's so present in those dark moments. And no judgment just there with us to hold us, to console with us and to grow with us. And so just reach into him, embrace the pain with him, wherever that is. And there's a lot of that right now. We all know that we're all struggling with different frustrations and I'm just collectively calling it pain, but we're, we're all feeling different things right now. And this is a very mixed up world. But he is leading us to the release and to the joy in which we can walk with him. And to me, that's worth every bit of pursuit that we could possibly have. Never easy. It's not intended to be. Because if it was easy we wouldn't have needed all the things we've needed. We wouldn't have even needed the sacrifice of Jesus. Life is hard because it's what shapes us. It's what 
gives us wisdom. And it's what gives us the foundation for eternity. We just have to let him in, in the most amazing ways, and trust that through him, whatever we're feeling, whatever we're weighing down in, we're going to be set free from and be able to walk into something greater than we can ever imagine. Patriots, let's pray. Father God, we are just so blessed tonight to be here and so blessed with the community we have as we all just sit with you in presence of you, humbled by you, blessed by everything that you bring upon us. And we just we just literally raise our hands in thanks. Amen. To all that you do and all that you bring. Father, this is a time when so many hearts are heavy. There's some real legitimate dark pain that sits on some. There's others who are just weighted down by the world. And we just pray tonight that everyone can just turn to you and just ask you for to step in and walk with us, to lift up any burdens we have in our hearts, to literally clean out that muck that gets cluttered inside our heart and to invite you in, to sit down and to dine with you, to share a meal with you, to have a conversation with you, to embrace you as the living God, as the God of miracles, as the supernatural God that you are, and to just be grateful for all that you've brought here. And no matter what our station is in life, to realize that we're here where we need to be, and now we just need to lean into you farther to have you guide us deeper to where you need us to go. Thank you, Father. Jesus, thank you. Let me say this humbly in Christ's name. Amen. Really just such an amazing, amazing time to be alive. And I hope you celebrate that. Take time to talk to somebody about Jesus. Take time to listen to somebody that's having a hard moment. Let Jesus work with you and through you. Take time to be there and walk with somebody as they walk out their story or their pain. I don't think there's anything more rewarding to watch the transformation of what Christ can do right before our very eyes. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He never will forsake us. And God always wins. But we're here in this time, in this place, for just such a time as this. We're at war, so walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow for bended knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe